good Monday, Tuesday? What day is it, Jack? Yeah, Tuesday that feels like okay. a Monday. Yes. It's, right. a, it's, a, it's a Tuesday, Monday. Um, I looked it up because I was curious. We, um, we've now had 23 days of over 100-degree weather. The average for a year is nine. Hmm. And I also did not know this, and I would not have guessed this. Dallas ad- averages twice as many 100-degree days as we do in a typical year, but they're trailing us this year. Yeah, and I think last year we only had one maybe. It wasn't until September 6th that right. we hit 100 degrees. Yeah. This year we started hitting it, what, in May, right? Yeah, so we're catching up for last year's, you know. Is that back. what we're doing? Okay, yeah. well, I, I, maybe we don't need to make it all up in one year. How about that? Could we spread it out a little bit? Just throwing that out there in the suggestion I'll send, box? I'll send a letter to the Mother Nature to see if... Yeah, uh, you talk to some important yeah. people. See what you can do about yeah. that, Dennis. All right, 407, it's 550 and 1071 KTSA. I hope you had a, a wonderful weekend, and I hope you were able to celebrate or enjoy in some way Independence Day. Um, and I'm glad you're with us this afternoon. Obviously, you know, we're, we're looking at this thing in Highland Park, Illinois. I got a few thoughts on this, uh, and in no particular order. I'm a very visual person, so I look at things, I see things, I react to the way things look and the way people look. I try not to, I try not to judge, but I form an initial judgment. This, this uh, Cremo guy just looks like a weirdo. He just looks like a sick twerp. I'm trying to figure out how he was in somebody's every day and they didn't have the, the, the skin-crawling feeling that this is not somebody I should ever turn my back on. You need to know where he is. And, I mean, that's just going by appearance. D- didn't you think that? I mean, let's be honest. Don't, don't give me the politically correct answer. When you when you saw the first picture of this shooter in Highland Park, Illinois, did you not think what kind of what kind of salamander or whatever is this? And there's something about all these guys that's starting to run together for me. I don't know if you're seeing this too. They all have this same kind of uh, you know, vibe of looking uh like they were kept under a rock or something. Um, this was a guy that lived, you know, he's, in, he's, he's, he's an, ad, he's of adult age. I was going to say he's an adult. He's of adult age, but he still lives with his family. He lives in a room in the back of the house. He doesn't work. He's a rapper though. Doesn't work, but he's a rapper. At one point, he's so scary and, and worrisome that they get his knives taken away from him. But then he goes and gets guns. That's what we learned in the news conference uh, this afternoon. Meanwhile, he's on social media. Now, this is the part that just makes you want to, you know, put your fist through the wall. He's on social media. He's posting pictures of, of cops getting shot and people with bullets going into them and blood pouring out. And he's, he's writing songs and drawing cartoons about school shootings. But if you and I post something about Jordan Peterson on Twitter, we get we get banned. How is it that he's on YouTube and Twitter and and still there? But if you say the wrong thing about COVID, you're not there. And then another pattern that we see over and over again. How many times are we going to hear the the line in a news story 
I'm not blaming the news people, but how many times are we going to hear the line in a story known to law enforcement? The shooter was known to law enforcement. The suspect was known to law enforcement. Look, I know people want to debate guns, but we obviously have some kind of societal, soul-based illness, deficit, we're, we're bringing up a generation of people that aren't right, whether they can get a gun or not. There's something not right about these shooters. And, um, you know, they say, well, if you see something, say something. People said something. But I don't know. I don't know if the people that see this stuff, I don't know if the people that follow them on social media, if it didn't disturb them, what does that say about them? Right? So you can have the talk about guns, and you can call for the the gun laws, but but I, I can't take you seriously about these things until you are willing to concede. You don't have to see it my way, but we have to have some kind of uh, uh, engagement about the, the, the soul, the humanity that's missing from these 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 guys. As they there is, there is a type here, they are a type. Yeah, I remember after 9-11, one of the things that they used to tell us about, remember you'd hear this all the time, you'd hear about sleeper agents, and we had to be on guard. And that's where really where see something, say something came about, because the idea was, and we it turns out we, we may have overestimated it a little, but we believed on good you know, evidence that there were people who had been infiltrated into the country or had been radicalized in the country, and they were sitting around waiting to be activated or get their orders over the internet or be, you know, be sent on a mission, maybe a suicide mission, maybe a hijacking, maybe some other act of terrorism. And so we, we believed we were, we had sleepers in our midst. We may still. But these people seem like sleepers. You know, they, they're just, they're just floating around and they're, they're maddeningly ordinary until they do these terrible things. Seven dead, 35 or 38 injured in Highland Park, Illinois. We'll talk about that today. I I saw some stories over the weekend about the president's job approval, and we don't usually make a big deal out of opinion polls on the show, but apparently his his job approval is, is, you know, crashing. In a new survey, 18% of independents approve of the president's job performance. I've never heard of a number that low for a president. 18%. That's the kind of number you get, like, if you ask Democrats about a Republican president or Republicans about a Democratic president. But these are these are independents. I've never seen it like that. I think that might be the lowest number I've ever seen for independent voters. 18% approve of Joe Biden. And we keep hearing, right, his job approval numbers are low and they're going lower and they're lower than this president was, and they're lower than Trump's were. and they're... But, you know, I start to think, as I look at all this and I hear all this, and I hear about the, the, the pundits that, that believe, some of them really believe, that the Democrats are getting ready to dump Biden as their 2024 nominee. He can remain as president, but they're not going to renominate him in 2024. But then I keep thinking, I don't know, have you ever thought about this? What and who comes next? Because the problem, when things are this bad, when people feel this badly about the direction of the country, 
when people feel this badly about the direction of the economy, when people are this enraged by prices and and worried and and viscerally fearful of how they're going to live, can I stay in my house? Can I can I you know feed my family? Can I get to work? The problem with conditions like we're entering into is that anything can look better. You might be thinking you know who the next president is or you know how the country will vote in 2024. Maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe you've got your eye on a scenario. I think they're going to put Trump back in. I think they're going to put DeSantis in. I think this is going to happen. That's going to happen. But but here's the thing that you don't know. You don't know that somebody is going to come along and have it all figured out. Not for you, but for enough people that all of a sudden we go from bad to worse. We're entering into a period, what I'm trying to say is we're entering into a period that in the, in the history of other nations was the moment they went crazy was the moment they embraced the unthinkable. Yeah, Biden is bad. This is bad. It it can get worse. And I worry about that because when you have this much dissatisfaction, this much anger, if somebody makes what in normal times would sound like a pie-in-the-sky promise, you'd be like, oh, come on, nobody can do that. But right now, people will embrace, not you, but a lot of people, would embrace somebody who says, I can make this all go away. I can solve all these problems. I know who's to blame. I have a plan for what we're going to do with those people. I'm going to lift you up and tear them down. We're going to fix this country once and for all. Call it what you want, demagoguery or idol worship. or But I, 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 that's that's the thing about Biden's numbers. When things are this bad, Anything might look better. And then there was a lot more talk over the weekend about the president blasting the gas station owners again. Uh, He tweeted out on Saturday, My message to the companies running gas stations and setting prices at the pump is simple. This is a time of war. Bring down the price you are charging at the pump to reflect the cost you are paying for the product. And do it now. Well, what that led to was, I don't know if you've seen this or not, a number of gas station owners have actually posted their invoices. I've never seen these before. So they get this invoice when the truck comes and fills their underground tanks, the tanks under the pumps. They're posting the invoice. This is what I paid for the gas that was delivered to my gas station. So here's what the per gallon price of that was. And... And most of the ones I saw, I saw, I don't know, four or five of them, they all looked like they made about 150 to $200 on the delivery of, you know, thousands and thousands of gallons of gasoline. They're not making big money. And, of course, the president is blaming them now because he's already blamed the oil companies, and before that he's blamed Putin, and before that he blamed Trump, and, of course, you're in there too, you're to blame. You, you, all, you need to know you're, you're always a disappointment of these politicians, right? Whatever you're doing, you're part of the problem. So um, now he's attacking the gas station owners, and they're fighting back. It's a great thing. It's very smart. They're, they're putting their invoices online. Well, look, look at all the money I made, Mr. President. 
made $180 on this delivery of gasoline. And, of course, he's demanding that an industry that he vowed to shut down bail him out. He's demanding that they do his bidding. If this is how he's dealing with foreign countries, we're really in trouble because you can't, you can't make somebody your enemy and your ally simultaneously. You can, you can have a complicated relationship, but you can't be enemies and allies at the same time, and that's what he's trying to do. And he's getting called out all over. Even Jeff Bezos, well-known liberal Democrat, is calling out Biden. After Biden called out the gas station owners, uh, Bezos was just offended by the idea that we have a problem with inflation and what you're saying is either misdirection or a misunderstanding of the market when you lose jeff bezos right the bottom line is ultimately the reason why gas prices are up is because of russia 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 the reason why the food crisis exists is because of russia 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 Do they really think if they say the name over and over again, we're going to fall for this? I mean, don't get me wrong. Russia's an adversary. Russia's a bad actor on the world stage. But I love the way that's become the, in case of emergency, break glass, you know, explanation, excuse, boogeyman, scapegoat. And I've said this before, if Russia was really responsible, directly responsible for everything that Joe Biden blames it for, we should declare war on Russia openly. I don't mean support Ukraine. I mean, send the, send the bombers. Of course, they're not. But, you know, he must think no one's keeping track, and maybe no one is. 210-599-5555. They started a new theme last week that uh, we played that clip from his one of his economic advisors. Um, a guy came out and stood on the White House lawn, did an interview on one of the networks. I can't think of his name now. And he said um, that the gas prices we're paying are the price we pay to preserve the liberal world order. And so the new cover story for high gas prices just in case you're keeping up or keeping score is that we're in a moral struggle so when you pay those prices you're not just buying gas you're buying you're buying democracy (laughs) couldn't we dig out some democracy that we have underneath us and use that for a while 210 599 I think that kind of reasoning works for people that have had the Ukraine flag on their social media for months but would never put the American flag on there. You know what I'm saying? You can, you can probably run this jive act by them for a while. Oh, yeah, no, our gas prices, this is part of the liberation of Ukraine. When I, when I fill up my Xterra, I'm helping liberate Ukraine. But that's not what's happening. These people made a decision way before Ukraine to wreck the, the oil and gas industry. Joe Biden promised to do it, and it, it turns out it's one of the very few promises he's keeping. 210-599-5555, and then he can't understand why an industry that he declared war on and, and um, drew a big circle around when he was a candidate, won't help him out now, doesn't want to help him out, doesn't want to do his bidding. 
I think that um, if you listen to these experts who say, oh, the Democrats are getting ready to move on uh, because of uh, 2024, a um, couple of things I would just point out about that. I, I, I have no doubt that they would like to do it because I don't think Biden was really somebody they embraced in the in the first instance. I think his his uh, the way his nomination happened in 2020 when all of his rivals who were beating him suddenly dropped out, if you think about it, that was an arranged marriage or a shotgun marriage right there. And um, I'm, I, I have no doubt that they'd like to move on and have somebody articulating their point of view who can articulate it and doesn't have to be walked back every day. So they they do want to move on, but they need someone else to put a smiley face on policies which, when you ask people about them on their own, are, are not popular. So when you ask people about the stuff that they want to do minus a personality, either a personality people like or a personality they find benign or a personality that uh, you know they hate, like, oh, well, this is the anti-Trump when, when you just go on the issues, these issues are unpopular. So I think what's going to happen is there's no obvious heir to Joe Biden. There's no, you know, Ted Kennedy to run against Jimmy Carter, stuff like that. And when that was going on, the Democrats were not in as much trouble with Carter as they are right now with Biden. They were in trouble, but they weren't in this much trouble. Um... I think you'll you'll hear a lot of stories about his age and his um, health. You'll hear a lot of stories about Democratic candidates down ballot that are moving away from him and 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 uh, don't want to campaign with him. Some of them have already said that. No, thank you. Not interested in having joint campaign appearances. I have to tell you, even when Carter was in office, that was not a thing. Democrats embraced him. There are. Pictures of people in 1980, local candidates, campaigning with President Jimmy Carter because this is a prestige thing about Air Force One and the president and all that. Um, And then I think you'll start seeing the people that were defending him start dumping on him, and that's already started to happen. I mean, people like Axelrod are out there saying uh, Biden doesn't appear to be in control. And then we'll have these polls all of a sudden. More of them. Ones you haven't heard of before. Oh, he's way down. So this is all paving the way. If that's going to happen, this is all paving the way uh, for that. Did you notice, um, well, first of all, let me ask you this about Independence Day. Were there more or fewer fireworks in your neighborhood than in the past? Did you have more or fewer fireworks? A lot more in my neighborhood, I would say, this year. Like, it came back after a couple of years of being down. But that's just my experience. I want to hear yours. We're asking you that in the JR poll at 210-599-5555. But have you also noticed the, the new thing, the new, the new trend for Independence Day was to declare that you weren't celebrating it? The left is very big on telling you what they're not doing. We don't like Christmas. We don't like Thanksgiving. We, and now we don't like Independence Day. 
we renounce the flag, we renounce the fireworks. And 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 part of it is, oh, well, that's too Trumpian. You know, that's Trump stuff. Trump ruined all that. And you have people on social media saying, when I see a flag, I have flashbacks to January 6th. This is a country with 246 years of history. But apparently, for some people, the history began in January of 2021. There's nothing else. The flag doesn't stand for anything else but Trump's rally and the insurrection. Apparently, it was it was first um, designed. The flag was actually made for the first time that day, January 6, 2021. But then secondly, the abortion decision, the gun decision, the Supreme Court, our country sucks. Other countries do abortion better than we do. Can you believe we're comparing ourselves to other countries now based on abortion envy? Oh, they're so good at abortion. <laughs> I never would have thought that would be a thing. I'm so old, I remember when we used to compare ourselves to other countries in terms of the health care they gave, not the lives they ended. And then they say that the flag also invokes or connotes the founders, and the founders were terrible people. They were slave owners and white, and they were male, and not a birthing person to be found among them. Katy Perry, whose most famous lyric is, Baby, You're a Firework, tweeted out yesterday that women have fewer rights than fireworks. I don't know what the hell that even means. <laughs> a firework is an object. doesn't have any rights. Katy. There was a woman... Um, who said that she gets a knot in her stomach when she sees flags on a vehicle. The NPR announced for the first time in over 30 years they would not read aloud the Declaration of Independence yesterday on the 4th of July. I didn't know it. Apparently they had been doing that every year. They're not going to do that anymore. It didn't do it yesterday. But there's also something very old about this. This is the cool kid mentality. You know, when you were in school, the way you acted cool was to not care about anything. That's 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 how cool looks when you're a kid. You pretend you're not excited about things that actually you are excited about. Other kids might chase the ice cream truck or be giddy about the arrival of Christmas, but as a cool kid, you have to pretend none of that matters. Oh, whatever. There's some of that here, too. These people on the left are too smart to be patriots. They're too smart to have a flagpole or feel something sentimental when they see a Greatest Generation veteran wearing his his uniform or his decorations. And, of course, it's ironic, right, because the cool kids who are so miserable about the flag, who hated Independence Day, just so glad that's over with, these are the people whose freedoms and rights were secured by all of that. So whatever it is they're trying to find, Whatever it is they claim to care about, whatever their pursuit of happiness is, it's all possible because of what was secured and declared by the Declaration of Independence and the American Revolution. They can't admit it. It's so hard. It's right there. The word free, the very word freedom, when we use it, this is exactly what we're referring to, human rights and universal suffrage, representative government. And they can't do it. They're the cool kids. Um, here's a woman on TikTok who wants you to know 
how she feels, how an American flag, the sight of an American flag in her neighborhood makes her feel. Listen to this. How does the American flag make you feel now? I asked this question because on July 4th, me and my family were celebrating and shooting off fireworks and a Jeep was coming down the street. So we had to get out of the street. And um, as the Jeep went by, it had two American flags flying high. And in the South, that typically means Trumplicans and Trump supporters and all that wonderful shit. But I looked at my neighbor and I asked her if she got a knot in her stomach when she saw the flag now. And she said, yes, she did. And I just attribute that to the insurrection. I attribute that to all the proud boy and white supremacist waving the flag high and just the Trump tards. And so I hate I feel this way. I really do. By the way, I the most offensive word in that whole screed was Trump tards. Because you do know what you're saying when you say that, right, genius? Yeah, nice. Very classy. What exactly were they celebrating? She said she was in the street with her family shooting fireworks. To celebrate what? If the, if the American flag gives you a knot in your stomach or a bad feeling, what, I, what the hell are you celebrating? Is it, that it's Monday? That's very weird to me. 210-599-5555. Sissy is on KTSA, the Jack Riccardi Show. Sissy, good afternoon. Hi. Um, I was just calling to make a couple of comments. Uh, one is the good Lord graced me with 51 years of life as of yesterday, so I'm very proud to celebrate the 4th of July, not just because it's Independence Day and the celebration of America, but my birthday. Happy birthday. Um, our neighborhood... Oh, thanks. Um, our neighborhood did not shoot fireworks simply because it's been so dry. Everybody was paranoid of fire, so that was kind of a Debbie Downer. Um, but the only other thing I wanted to comment on was in regards to the abortion conversation. I think a lot of it actually goes back to how you're being raised. Um, I have two adult daughters. We have taught our daughters that a baby is a gift from God. I will, however, not be a hypocrite and say I'm not sure how I would feel if they got pregnant due to rape and incest. They're both on birth control. I am a responsible parent. I know things are going to happen, but it's my job as a mother and my husband's as a father to make sure our daughters are as protected as possible, whether they're doing something or not or a situation arises or it doesn't. So I think a lot of it has to go back with the thought process of women losing their rights. I can't have children anymore, but I don't, I don't concern myself with, oh my God, my daughters cannot run out and have an abortion. I concern myself with, how are we gonna pay the bills? How are they gonna get to and from school? Can we still afford college? Everything is going up, expenses are going up. Can we fill our propane tank? Those are my concerns, not the insurrection, not the abortion, and I honestly could care less about TikTok or anybody in Hollyweird, the more that they talk, the more it just um, incites me to know that the decisions that I've made with my daughters are the right ones, because I would mm. never want them to follow their path. That's all. Okay. All right. Well, happy uh, belated birthday, Sissy. You said a lot and uh, said it very well. Thank you. Um, 210-599-5555. What do you think about all this? Um, I do think... I've thought for a long time that the 
emphasis on, you know, politicians are like marketers. They have to figure out what will sell. I, I've watched many an election cycle, and I've never had the feeling that they were getting you wrong as much as I feel like they're getting you wrong right now. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But it sounds like people are hungering for answers to the things they are facing right now. Not to say that the right to life or where the government draws the line isn't important, but there are a number of other things in people's everyday lives that have shouldered their way to the front of the line. Says he just named a bunch of them. And, you know, I was looking today at my the, the fund I have set up for my daughter's college education. It's taken a huge hit. I don't have a lot of money, so that account is going to be meaningful when the time comes, which is very soon. And it's taken a huge hit. That's That's important to me. I think things like that are important to a lot of people right now. Politicians, the media aren't talking about them. I feel like they're getting it wrong. And this business about renouncing the 4th of July, first of all, if you don't celebrate a holiday, you just don't celebrate it, right? Like, I don't, I don't take to social media every year and go, I will not be participating in Ramadan because I, that's offensive to people who are celebrating it. They don't need to hear from me. It's their holiday. There's nothing I can say about it. All these, all these, uh, you know, lefties that are renouncing the 4th of July and Independence Day and flags, uh, they want you to notice. <laughs> They're desperate for you to notice. I saw that, um, remember Michael Moore, the filmmaker? He, um, he says he's going to renounce his citizenship, but not leave the country. Uh, he tweeted, a mass shooting to celebrate the 4th. Like, that's how we decided to celebrate the 4th. You and I decided together, let's have a mass shooting. That's how, that's how he sees us. A mass shooting to celebrate the 4th. A wealthy class that doubled its wealth while the country suffered. A Supreme Court that stripped 51% of our citizens of their rights while removing gun laws and killing the EPA. He says, I cannot in good conscience continue to receive the privileges of full citizenship in this land. But he's not leaving. Remember when they used to threaten to leave? I'm going to move to... And they'd name some other country. So he's going to renounce his citizenship but stay here. Jeez, I wonder why. Well, I, I mean, I know he can. Lord knows you don't need citizenship to be in this country, but... An interesting take from Michael Moore. Um, he says, by the way, uh, stay tuned. He's going to come up with solutions. He's going to fix all this. So. I know I'll be waiting. 210-599-5555. Robert is on KTSA. Robert, good afternoon. Yes, good afternoon, Jack. Um, oh, by the way, um, you always have a great show. Just kind of put that in there. But anyway, uh, there were... They were talking. You know, we're talking about the Fourth of July. I'm proud of the Fourth of July, but unfortunately, right now we have a president that's uh, the Antichrist of Fourth of July. So, I mean, he's just going to bring out every uh, blue 
cat Democrat from the bushes and everything that uh, to renounce it. Yeah, but we don't celebrate whoever the president is when we celebrate. But when we celebrate the four countries that hate our guts for gas, Robert, when we when we celebrate when we celebrate the Fourth of July, we're not celebrating who the president is. We're celebrating who we are. The Fourth of July is about us. It's not about this president, the last president, any other former. That's not what it's about. It's about us. It's about the people from whom we come and the idea they left us and what we've made of it and do with it. That's what it is. It's not, it's not who's president. I, 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 I'm sure that in the, in the course of anyone's lifetime, there have been presidents they liked and presidents they didn't like, maybe more of the latter. <laughs> That's not what this is about. Um, and I, I, I don't buy the argument that the 4th of July depends on how things are going in the country. You know, we ask people to put on the uniform and bleed for our country, whether it's Democrat or Republican, whether the market is up or down, whether inflation is good or bad, whether unemployment is high or low. We ask those people to, to make the same sacrifice, and they do. We don't let them see how they feel about the current political situation. We just send them and they go. And many of them don't come back. So I don't want to hear it. It's not It's not about who the president is. Talking about the Highland Park uh, shooting and the updates that have been coming in throughout the day on that, uh, about President Biden, about gas prices. Um, there is uh, There were a number of shootings around the country over the weekend. Uh, two police officers in Philadelphia were wounded uh, Monday night during a celebration. And they're trying to figure out what happened. And um, it's the kind of violence that we see in our big cities every weekend now. But I thought the mayor of Philadelphia had kind of a weird reaction to all this. Uh, Jim Kenney is the mayor of Philadelphia. And he was railing about how he, he just can't do anything. He can't fix this. The politicians won't fix it. The Congress won't fix it. He said, this is a gun country. It's crazy. Mayor of Philadelphia, cradle of freedom. This is a gun country. It's crazy. And then listen to Jim Kenney. He just kind of loses it in front of reporters. Listen to this. Everything we have in the city uh, at, over the last seven years, I worry about. I don't enjoy Fourth of July. I don't enjoy the, the, the Democratic National Convention. I don't enjoy the, the uh, uh, NFL draft. I'm waiting for something bad to happen all the time. So it's, I'll be happy when I'm not here, when I'm not mayor and I can enjoy some stuff. You're looking forward to not being mayor? Yeah, <laughs> that's a matter of fact. Then why? <laughs> Am I the only one? Like, then why? You know, it's not like we have a system where you inherited this... Um, Dukedom, and you have to do it because your father did it before you. You ran for this job. I, I imagine it was, I don't know how many years Jim Kenny's been mayor, but I'm pretty sure it was a hard job when he got it. It's a hard job now. I get that. But he can't enjoy anything because he's waiting for a shooting. He's always waiting for disaster. Maybe you think I'm wrong. Maybe you sympathize with him like, yeah, if I had his job, I'd feel that way too. But, I mean, that isn't, that's not a leader. That's not a leader. That's a, that's a guy that wants you to feel sorry for him. I can't enjoy anything. 
I don't enjoy Fourth of July. I don't enjoy the the, the Democratic National Convention. I don't enjoy the the uh, uh, NFL draft. I'm waiting for something bad to happen all the time. So it's mm. wow. I'd follow him anywhere. The city of Orlando ahead of Independence Day had sent out an email. Like a lot of cities, they do like a newsletter that is supposed to look like it's an, an independent publication, but it's the it's the house organ of the city of Orlando. And they, this is what they put out on Friday ahead of the weekend in their city bulletin. A lot of people probably don't want to celebrate our nation right now, and we can't blame them. When there's so much division, hate, and unrest, why on earth would you want to have a party celebrating any of it? That's the city of Orlando. It goes on. But in all seriousness, you know in your heart, 4th of July fireworks are amazing, especially when you're standing in 90-degree heat, 100% humidity, next to 100,000 of your closest friends. In that moment, something takes over, and we all become united in an explicable bond. Yes, America is in strife right now, but you know what? We've already bought the fireworks. So America is not worth celebrating, but we got these fireworks. So let's just go through the motions. It's the city of Orlando. That's their position going into the 4th of July. Needless to say, that didn't go over well with a lot of people. They got a lot of pushback. And so now they put out a statement saying, we sincerely regret the negative impact our words have had on some in our community. We understand those words offended some of our residents, which was not our intent. We value the freedoms we have in this country are thankful to the men and women who have fought and continue to fight for those. We take pride in celebrating the 4th of July and express our gratitude to those men and women and honor the country we live in. Okay, right. That's the part you should have tweeted out first and only. Because they give you that kind of non-apology apology. We apologize if anybody was offended, you idiots. But yeah. I'll tell you what, sounds like another mayor that doesn't want his job anymore. Well, I don't want to brag or anything, Dennis, but I just got an email from Joe Biden. Oh, you did? What did it say? Yeah. He'd like to give me a call. Oh. <laughs> like what, what kind of call? He'd like to call and talk to me about the future of the Democratic Party, which is what we're talking about today. So, Hey, you know what? Perfect time for him to call. I mean, I emailed probably... him back. I said 210-599-5555. You got to get past Don. Uh, Don, um, Don, vote, Don can be pretty JR tough. Poll. Don can be tough. Yeah, Don can be tough. But but you know, it took me years to figure out why I get. You'll laugh at this. I I couldn't understand why I get all the fundraising emails from both the Republicans and the Democrats. I get every one of them, and I've never given to either party. And then it finally the 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 dime dropped when you cover or you go to the political conventions. And I've been to the conventions of these parties. If you buy anything there, it's like you bought it from them. Yep. So if you buy, if you're at the if you're at the arena where the Republicans are having their national convention, and you buy a Coke or you buy a T-shirt or you buy anything, it's like you bought it from. Them. Bang! Now you're on the list. So now, lucky me. You got to be so. careful because people might accuse you of donating to. Right. Yeah. I, well, I can. T- I, I'll tell you. I, I've. I've had the Diet Cokes of both parties. I, I'll admit to that. But anyway, um, if I have to take a sudden break, it's because Joe Biden might be calling. So, Is this my con? Just like <laughs> 210 599 
5555. I don't know. Um, how would you fix? What's your fix for the, for the, the thing that we obviously have going on with these, uh, bizarro, uh, young dudes that have no life, that don't go outside, that, uh, fester behind a screen or this guy was making rap music i'm sure it was great just looks like a twerp right just looks like like a like a scrap of nothing but he was going to make sure everybody knew who he was he worked it out he's never worked this hard at anything in his life planned this whole thing figured out that the parade in highland park illinois would be vulnerable what do you, how do you harden a parade, right? And he did this terrible thing. Seven people dead, 30, I think 38 they're saying injured. The number keeps changing. Uh, absolute horror, terror for families that were just enjoying and ready to enjoy the beginning of this parade. One of those things you think you can always have, will always have parades, you know. And... Um, what do you? How do you fix this thing? I mean, I, I understand the politicians think it's the guns. They are not interested in any other aspect of this. They want their gun laws. They were bought and paid for. They got to deliver on that. But how would you fix it? Because these guys are all the same. They're losers. And they're throwing off all kinds of signs and signals. I mean, it wouldn't take a mental health professional to see that when a, a, a grown-ass man is drawing pictures, doodling pictures of people bleeding and getting shot, there's something wrong with him. You know? And, and, and they knew there was stuff wrong with him. They'd call the cops on him. He'd threaten to kill other people. He'd threaten to kill himself. I keep hearing, well, we need more mental health resources, but it doesn't seem like we're taking full advantage of the ones we have now. What would you do? What do you think is going on here? I, I think there's a a humanity or a soul issue happening here. I, I, I think we're I don't think we're making human beings or raising them up with the right stuff inside of them. I think we'd like to pretend that we don't need God or we don't need religion and I'm not saying you couldn't do it without those things, but when we throw those things away, it seems like there's something missing. A lot of these guys don't care if they live or die. This guy tried to get away and then came back. He, he left the state and then came back. That's why they didn't apprehend him right away. But a lot of them, you can pretty much tell by the design of the plan or the, the execution of the plan, they have no intention of living. What do you do? How do you fix it? 210-599-5555. Am I the only one that thinks it's weird that politicians are decrying all this death? Uvalde and Highland Park. But then in the next breath, they are so determined to have abortions that, that the secretary of HHS said again over the weekend, we're, consider, we're considering federal abortion clinics in national parks. Wait till Yogi and Boo Boo hear about this. And they don't call them abortion clinics, they call them abortion care services. 
I don't think that's what the baby would call it, but okay. Abortion care services. Sounds very benign. Why the national parks? Well, because that's federal land. Who really owns the national parks? Isn't it us? I mean, when you say something's federal, you really mean us. You mean ours, right? Sometimes politicians forget that. So, we the people own the federal land. You guys are the keepers of it or the stewards of it. It's not yours to just do anything you want with. And and by the way, the left would be the first to say that if you propose drilling for oil in a national park. They would immediately go to the, it's the people's land, it belongs to the people, how dare you? Okay, well, that's my answer to your suggestion, Secretary Becerra. That's the people's land. 210-599-5555. We talked last week about how the president of France had criticized the Dobbs decision from the Supreme Court, yet France has an abortion law that is more restrictive than the one in uh, in uh, Mississippi where the Dobbs case originated. And people said, well, true, but... France pays for all the abortions. You can tell the the government you need one and you get it. So Guy Benson tweeted out, well, let's, let's put up for a vote a law that exactly models France's abortion law. We'll have the limits that France puts on it, and we'll put the government pays for all the abortions. Guy Benson writes, I think it would get very few votes. Republicans don't want taxpayer-funded abortion, and Democrats want abortion till birth. If you put a non-subsidized 14-week ban up for a vote, Democrats would probably need to use the filibuster to stop it. It's probably true. 210-599-5555. Talking about fireworks, we're talking about the 4th of July... Talking about gas prices and politics, you know, the stuff we talk about on our show, what's going on in the world, what's going on in our lives. You can jump in at 210-599-5555 because summer is synonymous with road trips. We're going to be talking about road trips coming up here, too. So um, remember last week there was all this attention given to Cassidy Hutchison, the young woman that testified before the January 6th committee. She became the the star witness. She was the surprise witness who became the star witness. She's the darling of the J6ers. She's going to bring this whole thing down on Trump. She's the one who said Trump hijacked the, the presidential limo and attacked the Secret Service. Her testimony was shredded within hours of it being given. The agents are testifying it did not happen or they have said it did not happen, and they're willing to come forward and testify that it did not happen. She has said the rioters were armed to the teeth with body armor and AR-15. That's a lie. She has said that Mark Meadow, her boss, Trump's chief of staff, asked for a pardon during the riot. That's a lie. The whole purpose of this committee is to prevent or preempt Trump from running for president again. 
I don't know how you feel about that. I I think I think he's he's done it. I think it's it's over. But the attempt to make sure that cannot happen is not working, has not worked. And now it turns out that even Cassidy Hutchison knew the January 6th committee was a joke. In a text that she sent to a conservative activist at the First Amendment Fund, which is part of the American Conservative Union, they're the CPAC people, she says that the January 6th committee is BS. This is months before she ever imagined that she would be their star witness. She's saying it's BS. And now they don't know if she thought that at the time or if she was trying to entrap or entice somebody at the American Conservative Union and maybe cozy up to her, be friendly with her, say stuff, reveal stuff that she could turn and give to the committee. She approached uh, a guy that worked for Matt Schlapp, who's the head of the American Conservative Union, and sort of uh, chatted him up a little bit, referred to the committee as BS. The, the thing about the swamp, you know, remember when Trump used to talk about draining the swamp? The thing about the swamp and the reek of the swamp, and this is a problem whether you're talking about Trump or DeSantis or anybody else, if you win the election, you you inherit the swamp. And what you inherit is a bunch of people. Think of the creepiest, slimiest coworker you've ever had. The one that sucked up and then behind the boss's back made faces. The one that pretended to be everybody's friend. The one that pretended to be on both sides of every issue or all sides of every issue, right? The one you knew would dime you out for the littlest thing. The swamp is all kinds of people like that with real power, not just the power to refill the creamer in the coffee room, but real power. The swamp is a pit of those kinds of people. You never know where you stand with them. You just have to presume that that they're lying to you when they say it's Tuesday. But then the problem is, so you can say that, you can think that, you can tell yourself that, but then you have to work with them. You know how you have to drain the swamp? You have to use the swamp to drain the swamp. You know where you stand when you're draining the swamp? In the swamp. In other words, Cassidy Hutchison is the kind of person the swamp is full of. There's legions of Cassidy Hutchison's. Men, women, etc. And their only agenda is themselves. They went to Washington to make something happen for themselves. It's not even all ideological. Some of these people, they can blow any which way the wind blows. They just, they're trying to climb that ladder. If I got to climb it as a Republican, I'll climb it as a Republican. If I need to climb it as a Democrat, I can do that. It's a snake pit. So say what you want about Trump or any of the others, but I, I don't really know how you deal with that because this isn't like buying a company or acquiring its intellectual properties. These people, 
no matter who the next president is, know he's temporary. And they're not. But she's a piece of work, but she's no different than a lot of them. 210-599-5555. They've announced that President Biden will give the um, Medal of Freedom to Megan Rapinoe, the soccer star who refused to stand during the playing of the national anthem. Wouldn't you think that the Medal of Freedom would be repulsive to Megan Rapinoe? She's very proud of it. She tweeted out a picture of herself. It's always a picture of her. Every, every occasion is a picture of her. Um, but she tweeted out a picture of herself. She's very proud. She's getting the medal on July 7th. There was a um, video that went viral of a man in Florida. He's um, 100 years old. He's a Marine who served in World War II. And he's talking about the country and his life. And the reason this video has gone so viral is because of the real pain and anguish that this 100-year-old man feels for what's happening in the country right now. Take a listen to this. Okay. Um, We'll play it here in a second. Um, He talks about the state of the country right now. And he talks about how he's lived a good life and he's had a lot of love and he wakes up every day and the world is a beautiful place. He loves to see the flowers and the grass. Um, But he's upset. He says the country is going down the drain. He says our country is going to hell in a handbasket. He says we haven't got the country we had when I was raised. Okay, let's listen to it. This is what he says. Nope, I guess we don't have it. Okay. Let's uh, go now to Highland Park, Illinois. Another news conference by the authorities there on the 4th of July parade shooting yesterday. Live coverage here on KTSA. Sisters and neighbors were injured. Hundreds, if not thousands, will be psychologically scarred by yesterday's events. These individuals, our community, and Lake County will never be the same. We are grateful to the unbelievably courageous law enforcement officers who were there when the shots were fired right here in this pathway. They and other law enforcement agencies from throughout the state came to this spot of danger. They came to help, they came to protect, they came to comfort, and they came to investigate. Federal agencies, including the FBI, ATF, and U.S. Attorney's Office, have also been critical partners in this investigation and you will hear a bit more from them this evening. These officers not only ran towards the danger, but worked tirelessly throughout the day and night to investigate and solve this case. I want to also thank all of the community members and business members and leaders who provided us with dozens of videos and photos. We continue our request for those photos and videos. This is still an open and active investigation. Please continue to contact all of the tip lines that we have suggested. To those who are physically and psychologically suffering today in hospitals and in homes throughout our community, we offer our most fervent and urgent prayers. We offer prayers for healing, even though it feels that it may be so far away. I know that Mayor Rotering and Highland Park Police Chief Lou Jogman, Lake County and our federal partners have already started the critical work of supporting the individuals who need us so much while they are in the throes of trauma. 
Today, our office deployed victim witness counselors and licensed therapists also to Highland Park. Dozens of private individuals have volunteered to help. This has been one of the most uplifting things I've ever seen in Lake County's history. The community has come together, even in the throes of trauma. The loss of life and these devastating injuries and the overwhelming psychological trauma demand we seek justice and that we take broader action to protect life. Today, the Lake County State's Attorney's Office has charged Robert Cremo III with seven counts of first-degree murder for the killing spree that he has unleashed against our community. These are just the first of many charges that will be filed against Mr. Cremo. I want to emphasize that. There will be more charges. We anticipate dozens of more charges centering around each of the victims. Psychological victims, physical victims, attempt murder charges, aggravated discharge charges, aggravated battery charges. There will be dozens of more charges against Mr. Cremo. But these seven counts of first-degree murder will lead to a mandatory life sentence should he be convicted without the possibility of parole. None of these charges would be possible again without the unbelievable efforts of law enforcement. I cannot thank them enough. I have to thank the men and women of the Lake County State's Attorney's Office who have been working with law enforcement since the moment that we identified a suspect. We continue to work with our federal partners to understand every aspect of this well-orchestrated and carefully planned crime. Tomorrow morning at the Lake County Courthouse, we will ask a judge to hold Mr. Cremo without the possibility of bail. As I mentioned, as I mentioned our support for victims started today, both from the state's attorney's office, from the mayor's office, from the city of Highland Park, from the police department, from the FBI victim assistance group. We will guide them through the court process and deal with the trauma that will ripple forever outside of the courtrooms. But how do we make sure that there are no more victims? What should have been a celebration of freedom has ended in despair for our community. All of the people who died steps from here lost their freedom. All of it. Every ounce of freedom that they had. The freedom to love, the freedom to learn, and the freedom to live a full life. Their freedom matters too. We must do more as we think and reflect upon their freedom on this July 5th. Illinois has a strong red flag law that keeps communities safe and respects everyone's rights. We must vastly increase awareness and education about this red flag law called the Illinois Firearm Restraining Order. The goal, the goal of this tool is to ensure the safety of the individual and those around them. It allows courts to temporarily remove guns and prevent the purchase of new guns by individuals who pose a significant rest. As I said, this tool allows temporary removal from the subject and prohibits the new purchase during the duration of the order. It allows individuals to stabilize their treatment, excuse me, stabilize their behavior, seek treatment, and access other resources that our community must invest in to give those who need help. But separate from these red flag laws, which are very powerful in Illinois, 
we should also ban assault weapons in Illinois and beyond. The assault weapon ban, the assault weapon ban was implemented in 1994 with bipartisan support and with the support of law enforcement. It lasted for 10 years and studies have shown that mass shootings like what happened yesterday went down during those 10 years. We should have that same ban in Illinois and beyond. In the entire country. The Lake County State's Attorney's Office stands with the people of Highland Park. As I said earlier, this is where I am raising my family also. Our Violent Crimes Unit will continue to work with all of our law enforcement partners to continue to build this case. As I said, it is an active and ongoing investigation. Our Victim Services Unit will answer every question, every text, every phone call, and every concern. We will stand with the survivors of this awful crime for as long as is necessary. In the courtroom, we will seek the maximum sentence against this offender, not because we seek vengeance, but because justice and the healing process demand it. As we go forward in the courtroom and in the community, we must do everything we can to make sure the horror that marked these streets, that echoed from these buildings, never happens again. Thank you very much. At this time, I would introduce U.S. Attorney and really our partner in this investigation so far, U.S. Attorney John Lausch. We're listening to live coverage of a news conference in Highland Park, Illinois, after yesterday's parade Lausch. shooting on KTSA. I'm the United States Attorney here in the Northern District of Illinois. Um, I want to echo some of the same words we just heard from State's Attorney Reinhardt and commend all of the law enforcement partners and agencies who are represented here today and all of our first responders for everything they did to bravely put their lives on the line to help others in need. Our office, the U.S. Attorney's Office, and our other Department of Justice components, most notably the FBI and the ATF, have been working very closely with our state and local law enforcement partners to investigate this horrific attack. We have been and we will remain in regular communication with these partners and in particular the Lake County State's Attorney's Office. And I've been in regular contact with State's Attorney Reinhardt um, since the beginning uh, of this investigation. These state murder charges are appropriate at this time. We will continue to deploy our federal resources in collaboration with these state and local partners to ensure that individuals who commit horrific acts of violence like this using firearms are held accountable. And with that, I'd like to turn it over to the Chief of the Highland Park Police Department, Lou Jogman. The last approximately 36 hours have been a lesson in the duality of humanity. While the actions that brought us all together expose the cruelty and callousness that one person could show to people he did not know in taking their lives, the unwavering commitment of our Highland Park team, the drive and determination of those who assisted us in making this arrest, and the outpouring of love and support from the community and from people across the nation and the globe have shown us the best in humanity. The American spirit weaved throughout this response to this horrific and absolutely senseless act of violence. 
We would not be standing here this afternoon announcing the arrest of this suspect without the assistance of countless law enforcement agencies from multiple counties, from the Illinois State Police, FBI, ATF, NIPAS, Lake County Coroner's Office, the hospital staff, our medical community, and Deputy Chief Chris Cavelli of the Lake County Major Crimes Task Force. Thank you. To the Highland Park community, your strength has buoyed our team through the darkest moments. To our City of Highland Park team, the Fire Department, Public Works, our City Manager's Office, our Finance, and our Community Development Departments, your contributions have been invaluable and we thank you. To Mayor Rotering and the City Council, thank you for your sustained engagement and unwavering support. And to the men and women with whom I serve alongside in the Highland Park Police Department, it is an honor and a privilege to serve with you. Your commitment and determination to see justice served for this community inspires me. I am proud of Illinois law enforcement. At this time, I would like to introduce Lake County Sheriff Deputy Chief Chris Covelli, who's been a spokesperson for the Major Crimes Assistance Team. Thank you, Chief. I'm just going to read a brief statement on behalf of the Victim Service Response Team of the FBI. Beginning tomorrow, the FBI's Victim Service Response Team will be working in conjunction with local, state, and federal aid groups to staff a Family Assistance Center. At the Family Assistance Center, victims will be offered trauma counseling, government aid assistance, and if necessary, financial assistance. Victims are not just those physically injured in yesterday's events, but also those experiencing emotional distress. The center will open tomorrow, July 6th at noon. Victims of yesterday's incident are invited to access available services at the Highland Park High School, and that's located at 433 Vine Avenue in Highland Park. The Family Assistance Center will be available from noon tomorrow until 9 p.m., Thursday and Friday from 9 a.m. until 9 p.m., and thereafter as needed. Additional information regarding the return of personal effects left at the scene will also be released tomorrow. With that, we are going to open it up for some questions. I would just ask for a little bit of patience. We have a lot of stakeholders that are joining us today, um, so we can filter who is best to answer each of the questions asked. Phil? Chris, could we ask a question? Of the listening to live coverage of a news conference in Highland Park, Illinois, on KTSA. Out of your way to note the red flag laws, we now know that this individual had contacts with law enforcement in 2019, where in one of the contacts, he said he wanted to kill everyone in his family. A number of knives were taken away from him at that time. Should that have been a qualifying event under the red flag law, which would have prevented him buying firearms in 2020 and 2021? We have to look at every case on a case-by-case -case basis. Uh, I don't know the internal process of the Illinois State Police in terms of after that report was taken. We know there was not an application for a FOID pending at that time. The current red flag laws, you have a process where things are reported to the Illinois State Police with respect to FOIDs. And then you have the red flag laws, which is what I was referring to, uh, which were passed in 2019 or effective in 2019 in terms of getting a court order where family members uh, and other individuals who know the know the, the person at issue have to go to a court. So my reference to the red flag laws refers to that regime uh, with respect to the Illinois State Police. That has to do with the with the FOID application process. So if, if I'm hearing you right, what you're saying is possibly his qualifying events were before the fact before he actually had applied for a FOID, obtained a FOID, and purchased a FOID. I would definitely refer all of those questions to Illinois State Police in terms of that internal process back in 2019. Sir, I have a question. Yeah. 
the timeline, does this mean that he had a, a legal guardian who sponsored his void card? Um, did he get his void card before he was 21? Did he have a legal guardian who sponsored him? And if so, are you looking at charges at all? For I'm absolutely. I am absolutely not going to get into that that level of detail on the investigation in our uh, in our uh, process. Okay. Investigators are very thoroughly looking at every aspect of this. Uh, there, there are a number of theories on the table as to why he left his weapon there. Um, I don't want to get into and speculate anything at this point. You know, there is still a lot of investigative work to go, uh, but that is something investigators are looking into. I mean, essentially, did he leave it because he thought he couldn't make his escape easily if he wasn't holding a large rifle? That's very possible. It, it's very clear to investigators he attempted to blend in uh, with the rest of the victims who were fleeing the scene. Uh, carrying a rifle, I, I would imagine, wouldn't allow one to blend in very well. But are we right that weapon left behind might as well have, uh, easily lead to the identity of the person who owns it? The what? weapon led to him directly. Like leaving your driver's license. Sorry, can I get back at this point why he went to the Madison area? Investigators are still looking into that. They're, they're still working many different angles. Uh, we, we do know he went on a drive following the events, uh, but as to why, that's not something I can get into right now. Question for U.S. Attorney Laos. You said at this point, uh, state charges are appropriate. When do you deem the federal charges? I, I think the best answer for that is to echo the same points that were made. This is an ongoing investigation, and it really wouldn't be appropriate for me to comment any further at this time. But but that the charges right now, these are very appropriate charges right now. Fair to say federal charges It should not read anything into it one way or, or the other. It would not be appropriate for the comment one way or the other whether or not there will be federal charges. Can you describe okay. when the global threats land on federal radar and what tools you have to identify and prevent these things before they happen? Okay, so... Um, there's a lot there's a lot packed into that question here's what i will say is the partners that are here okay and in particular fbi and atf are the ones that are standing with me they work every single day in order to mitigate threats that they learn of um and this is a particular instance when we had the horrific attack that happened yesterday how they came to right away in order to help law enforcement ultimately be able to make this case and to bring the appropriate charges in state court but again at this point, I think it's fair to say from our end, this is an ongoing investigation. I'm very proud to be up here with my colleague from the Lake County State's Attorney's Office, but it really wouldn't be appropriate for me to comment any further about when or, whether or not any federal charges are likely. Chris, can Thank you, you give us any further clarification on the weapons, uh, where he obtained them, and what the enumeration is? So what I know firsthand at this time is that two of the weapons were obtained within the region here. Um, those were two of the rifles. Uh, the rifle used in the attack was purchased by him. And I, I just want to follow up on the question that you asked a little earlier. It's important to note Highland Park Police, when they responded to that 2019 incident, they removed the weapons that Cremo possessed. There, there were no firearms at that time to be removed. Uh, so as the state's attorney said, the red flag laws, there were no red flag laws to go after firearms in that home at that time. Now you said the rifles were obtained in the region, but there were the, the there were two rifles and was it four handguns? 
I can't say four handguns. There were a total or, of five I'm sorry, guns. Or, I'm sorry, three handguns. Five firearms that he possessed. Okay, what about the, the, so the two rifles in the reach, and what about the remainder? They were bought in Illinois. I'd have to get specifics as to exactly where. Um, the, he got the Floyd card before he was 21. Is that true? Yes. So that means he was sponsored by a legal guardian? I, I don't want to speak to the process of the Illinois State Police. I don't have enough of their internal information to accurately respond. Yes, sir. So, Chris, what, what happened with the... When he went in the house and got the knife, did that appear on a Floyd investigation? Would that say somebody went into the house and dumped some knives off in the sky? Again, Highland Park Police notified the Illinois State Police. Where it goes from there, I, I don't want to speak to it. All right, two questions. At this point, we, we don't have reason to believe that they may have known things, but the investigation is still very active. Investigators have a, a lot of legwork to do still. What I'll say is investigators have spoken to the family. I don't want to gauge their level of cooperation one, one way or another. Uh, the magazines held approximately 30 rounds of uh, rifle ammunition. Thank, thank you. All right, we're listening to a news conference in Highland Park, Illinois, given by the uh, state's attorney, the district attorney for Lake County. Uh, Eric Reinhardt was a Democrat. He spoke first, and then we heard from some other law enforcement people. I'm going to break that down and see what you think about what you're hearing here about yesterday's shooting at the parade in Highland Park, Illinois. Heard the uh, news conference wrap up in Illinois. They've had several briefings. They've been very uh, frequent and fact-filled. Uh, they seem to be moving very quickly on this uh, investigation into the guy that shot up the Fourth of July parade in Highland Park, Illinois, yesterday. Um, if you heard any of it, and if you've been following this story, I'd like to I'd like to ask you about this and see what you think. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. We, you know, they have this guy. He's alive. He um, seems to be a nut job. I mean, I'm not saying this to be insensitive or politically incorrect. He is beyond mentally ill. Everything that's come out looks like somebody that is not walking around in this world. Uh, And his behavior, dressing like a woman, um, getting away from the crime scene somehow eluding the massive police response but then coming back the history of threats against himself and others that led to the confiscation of knives and two uh you know interventions already in a in a 22 year old life he just has no no concept of reality i don't think he i don't think he i don't think he's living in our world on our planet i'm not making excuses for him they need to throw the book at him. But the idea that he's a Trump supporter or a Bernie supporter is missing the point. Some people are just crazy. And trying to turn this into a tool to go at your political adversary is its ghoulish anytime you do it this soon after people have been killed. But it seems somehow even more so here, where the guy is just bonkers. I mean, are you getting this? 
5555 when you're when you're out of your nut your politics are not a factor anymore i think i'm trying to understand the robust defense of red flag laws that the state's attorney gave at the beginning of the news conference his name is eric reinhardt he's a democrat he was recently elected to his job uh so he's the district attorney for that county and he was saying we have really good red flag laws. I, I, this doesn't seem like a good time to bring that up. This guy was waving red flags and still was able to get guns, purchase the guns legally in the area in which he carried out the attack. Is it possible we're trying to perfect something that can't be perfected? Is it possible, and, and I'm not even getting into the constitutionality of red flag laws. Let's, I, I have feelings about that. I know you do too, but let's just for the moment, let's just talk about practicality. Is it possible that you cannot perfect or craft laws that will always and in each case catch a person before they do this? Is it possible? Doesn't mean you shouldn't try, but shouldn't you also concede or admit or be humble about the fact that you won't, you won't catch them all? I did some reading today about these, um, what they're called FOID cards. Uh, this is the process in some states, Illinois being one of them, where you go to the state police and you have to get the card before you can acquire a gun. So, it's like getting pre-approved. And the history of these things is interesting. When they started this several years ago, the law said if you applied for a FOID, you had to get it or not within a very short amount of time. In other words, they had to be, they had to uh, approve or disapprove you quickly. I think it was 20 days. But you know what happened, right? They got, they fell behind. So they kept extending it out and out and out, and then it was taking, you know, 60 days and 70 and 80 days, and then people went to court and said, hey, uh, this is a violation of my rights. I might need the gun sooner. I might be in, in danger or, or at risk. The state's incompetence is denying me the right to a gun. So then there was pressure to speed it up and put more people on it. And then there were accusations that they were slow walking the FOID intentionally making people wait. And then they tried to make people who were um, not residents of Illinois get a FOID if they came to Illinois with their gun, and the courts said you couldn't do that. It's for people that live in Illinois. And this has still been in the courts as recently as last year. There were still cases about this setup, this structure. You heard the reporters of the news conference, if you were listening, they were trying to find out, did this guy have one on his own right, or did he get one when he was still under the age, you have to be a certain age, and who co-signed for him? And how does this really work if somebody is determined? And this guy was determined. This wasn't an impulsive move. This is the hardest this guy's ever worked in his life on anything to plan this attack. I don't say that with admiration, but that's what's emerging.
So how is that going to work as a matter of, oh, if we just had the right laws? They keep telling us that. They don't like it when we ask questions. So what do you think? 210-599-5555. Red flag laws and other waiting periods, interventions. This this guy obviously was enough of 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 a... I guess you could say a crisis within his family that twice the authorities were called in by his family, and yet here he is. At one point, they take away his knives. How does he legally purchase guns? And does it mean that we're barking up the wrong tree if we think laws are going to keep us safe? Don't the people that hurt us, kill us, steal our stuff, whatever it is, don't they indicate by their actions they're not creatures of the law, they're not bound by the law? Isn't that the whole point? You can't do that to me. There's a law. You wouldn't even think to say that. So we know now that whenever there's a mass shooting, politicians and political figures will um, tout a law they wanted anyway but suddenly it becomes the thing we needed, the missing puzzle piece, if only, right? In this case, they're touting laws they've already passed. Why would you talk, why in this moment of grief and fear, would you be talking up red flag laws that just did not work? And not only did they not work, but it isn't as if his family, the shooter, didn't know about them. They did use them. They tried them. They successfully got the guy's knife collection taken away. But it didn't work. How is this an If I'm a person that doesn't think very much about this, or I just sort of casually follow the news, I'm sorry, how is this story an endorsement of or a sales job for red flag laws. And again, you may think they're a good idea, or you may be in favor of them, or you may be opposed to them, and you may think they're unconstitutional, or you may think they're fraught with mischief, like ex-girlfriends and boyfriends and people with a vendetta against you. would. But, but whatever you think, it doesn't seem like a very good sales pitch. These people at this news conference, and I know they've been through a lot, and I know they're dealing with a very... Um, tragic thing, but it seemed like they were telling us what a wonderful job they've done of legislating and how we need more laws. This guy is crackers. He is bat bleep crazy. It isn't about whether he's a Trump supporter or a Bernie bro or he's... He's his feet are not on the ground. He's not he's not on this planet. The sky is not blue in his world. You might have already gotten a sense of that just from the photos. I mean, jeez, Louise. And I, I, you know, you want me to believe that we're one more gun law, we're one more red flag law away from perfection. And then they bring up the assault weapons ban. Uh, uh, 
man, I, you know, there's not many things that we are still debating that we've already tried. Usually the things we debate are things we haven't yet tried. That's why they're subject to debate. The, I, I just, I marvel at the either lack of self-awareness or the um, hubris of people that want assault weapons ban when the assault weapons ban did not, not only did it not prevent mass shootings, but the most infamous mass shootings in our country's history, i.e. Columbine, happened during the assault weapons ban. Now, look, maybe the people that proposed it, including at the time Senator Joe Biden, meant well. You can give them all the credit you want. The law had a 10-year run. It did not do what, what it was advertised to do. There are some people who think it had an effect, but you can't argue that it had the effect. What, why are we back on that? In fact, why is it that people who claim to be earnestly looking for solutions only want to talk about the guns? You look at this guy's picture. Do you think guns are his problem? I mean, I don't think this is a guy that should have had a car or been wandering around the grounds unattended. I don't want him to have a Swiss Army knife. I don't want him to have a nail file. Have you seen him? He looks completely uh, out of his gourd. And the actions, the history that we've learned so far in these first 24 hours bear that out. 210-599-5555. You know, one of the problems we have these days is we don't want to talk about what we have to talk about. So we obviously there's obviously something wrong. There's obviously a hole in people's hearts. There's obviously a, a, a lack of connection. People are killing with no regard for human life, for conscience. It, it's like we're not making them like we used to. But we don't want to talk about that. There's a big thing going on right now with um, Twitter... You've heard me talk about Jordan Peterson. So Jordan Peterson uh, has been um, suspended from Twitter for something called, um, I don't know if you've ever heard this term uh, before, it's called dead naming. Do you know what that is? It's not naming people who are dead, Abraham Lincoln. Dead naming is when you refer to a person by their former gender. And so Jordan Peterson referred to the actress Ellen Page, who now goes by Elliot Page. I can understand if Elliot Page, Ellen Page, doesn't like that. But dead naming? And for that, you get banned from Twitter? Well, then people started talking about the ban on Jordan Peterson. So Twitter banned the people who talked about it. Now, what what are we in the third, like the third grade here? 
So you have a guy making actual physical threats. He's fine. His stuff is still up while he's shooting people at the parade. But none of us can talk about or reference or discuss, debate, what Jordan Peterson did. That has to go. That we can't... In other words, it's one thing to ban Jordan Peterson. What are you saying about yourself when you're banning the people that want to talk about the ban of Jordan Peterson? You know, I mean, and, and that's what I mean. We can't have the discussions we need to have. How can we, how can we in, um, enshrine or preserve free speech if we can't talk about free speech? How can we have a discussion about a free speech issue if we can't mention the issue? What if they said you're not allowed to talk about it on the radio because it's federally, the, the airwaves are federally licensed? <laughs> we're, we're, we're one step away from that now. And this is what I mean about the shootings. You look at these shooters, you look at the circumstances that emerge often very quickly. You see young men, they're always young men. They either want to die and plan to, and their their killing is really just to put an exclamation mark or garner more attention for their suicide. Or... They are trying to make themselves infamous, which is as close to famous as they can get. Or they're, they're just not, the, the, the wiring's been ripped out, you know? This guy, this guy's clearly, the, the wiring's been ripped out. He's not, he's not, you look at his eyes, there's nothing back there anymore. We have to be able to talk about that. I think people want to. I think people are, are, are eager to say, can we really ask some hard questions and wrestle with some things that maybe we've put off for too long? Can we talk about fences we've torn down without knowing why they were put up? Can we talk about the way we used to? We've always had guns in this country, but we haven't always had these kinds of mindless, senseless slaughters. Why is that? Politicians will always tell you the answer to everything is to give them more power. Thank God we don't always fall for that, but people are starting to fall for it here. And they don't want us to. They refuse to sanction any discussion about anything else till they're given more power. Why is that? You claim to care about this stuff? Never again! Their voices break, their voices shake, they they look very earnest at the microphones. But if you really cared about this, you would leave no stone unturned. You'd say, I'm open to anything. Let's look at everything and talk about anything and everything that might have to do with why somebody who has a, a comfortable life, who's been lives in a house, has a family. I mean, w- w- what is going on with these people? Don't we want to understand that? Or do we just want a pretext for another gun law?
KTSA News Time 640. Remember about five years ago, I went out to California. My brother was getting married, and we stayed in an Airbnb, and it was um, in one of those hills you see in, in L.A. where the houses are up like on the cliffside, and you go up these winding streets. It's, it was It was beautiful. As a visitor, I would not have wanted to live like that because the houses were like perched on the cliff or the hillside. And um, to, to, to park, you either had to park on the street or some of these houses had a tiny little stubby little concrete pad because there was no frontage. The house was right on the street. Um, so the parking was kind of tricky. Anyway, I'm thinking of this because I read about a case of a couple in San Francisco who seem to live in the same kind of situation. They've lived in the same house for 36 years. The house was built in 1910. Uh, it's on a hill, and it's got that stubby little concrete pad. Basically, the whole frontage of the house is this concrete pad. And so that's where they've always parked, 36 years. They're now getting a $1,500 ticket a month, $1,500 a month, because the city planning department says it's illegal to park in the front yard of a house. And even though it's a concrete pad, and it's the only parking that house has and has ever had, they didn't add it, okay, they're getting the $1,500 ticket. They went to the media. They went to KGO and the television stations, and they said, can you believe this? And we get this email, we can't park anymore, that's crazy. And the media went to the city and said, is this true? And the city said, absolutely, we'll be giving them that ticket every month if they keep parking there. And here's why I'm telling you that story. First of all, we got a lot of people moving here from California. And we love you, but for God's sakes, don't bring any of this madness with you, okay? Bring your dogs and cats and your kids and your furniture, but do not bring any of this. Please, please leave it behind. Presumably, this might be one of the reasons you're coming here. Don't bring it with you. The other thing I keep thinking of is, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, is pretty obviously running for president. He's running ads, as we speak, in the state of Florida, interesting, telling Floridians they're losing their freedom under Ron DeSantis. Why is he doing that? Well, because if he runs for president as a Democrat, Ron DeSantis may very well be the Republican opponent. But imagine touting freedom in another state, when you're the governor of California, say what you want about Gavin Newsom. He's a phony, he's a hypocrite, French laundry. He's got some uh, what we call chutzpah. It's a story today about a uh, young man, Michael Lopez, worked for Universal Music. He um, has been fired. He says... For speaking up about abortion rights, they say because he refused to work, telling his supervisor he was quote-unquote in mourning over the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v. Wade. 
he says the company is anti-gay for terminating a quote-unquote queer brown person, unquote, during Pride Month. Last Friday, he writes, like countless other folks, I was devastated by the news of the Supreme Court's attack on abortion rights. Paired with the flood of anti-queer and anti-trans legislation, it's been hard to process. He said that he just couldn't go to work that day. Quote, I'm in mourning due to the attack on people with uteruses. The company said, uh, as a matter of policy, we can't discuss an individual person's personnel record, but what was posted on social media is inaccurate. We support our employees. We support women. We've extended abortion care to these women. This guy just wouldn't work. That's the thing about so-called women's issues. Have you noticed how many men are trying to get in on them? (laughs) Have you noticed that? Men all over the country are hitching a ride on abortion. That's where we get the whole, well, you can't really define a woman. Yeah. Right. Uh, The... um, the whole, I, I can't go to work because of what's in the news. I, maybe I'm immune to it because I'm working in the news, but I'm having a hard time with that one. I mean, if I'm your supervisor and a tragedy has befallen you, your family, of please take all the time you need. We're here for you. You come back when, you know, when you're ready. You've had a death, you've had a tragedy, your house blew up. But you you can't not come to work because the news is bringing you down or you're blue or you don't like the direction. Well, where, where did that come from? I mean, like, I don't know this young guy, but where, where did he get the idea that would be okay? I wonder if it's the universities that started giving... Like I, he, he, he's very young, so he may have been in university just a few years ago. Remember when the universities were giving people off from tests because Trump had won the election? You didn't have to come to school. You didn't have to take the test. You didn't have to. When we do these things, we're training a whole generation of people. We can't be surprised if they keep trying to pull that string or play that card, you know? You might have thought it was just once. Oh, it's just Trump's election. Eh, Not in this guy's mind. In this guy's mind, he can call in sick when the news is dispiriting, the same way you and I would call in sick if we had, like, you know, pus running out of our ear. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's to him it's the same thing. It's a physical malady. Supreme Court ruled on Dobbs. I can't work today. Okay. What are we doing? Mm. Stephen Groofing sponsors the JR poll. The question today, were there more or fewer fireworks in your neighborhood yesterday than usual? If you can answer that, maybe that's hard to tell. And most people said fewer. 78% said fewer fireworks. 22% said more. Most people citing the dry weather. People are being careful or more enforcement or whatever. I don't know. In my neighborhood, there are actually more. I thought I felt like there were more than in the last couple of years, and I didn't mind it. Some people 
hate him. We will love him. I'm kind of meh on him. I didn't mind him. Um, well, the new JR question, JR poll question tomorrow, or you can find it anytime at KTSA.com, powered by Stevens Roofing. Um, we were just talking off the air about, um, I started to watch, I wasn't planning on it, and I don't like musicals, but I was watching The Music Man on TCM last night. And, I, I, you know, I say I don't like musicals, but then if I was to be honest, there's a few that I do. So I guess I shouldn't say it that cut and dry. But the, the Music Man is one I do like because I think it has really good music in it. I think the people in it are good. And I was in The Music Man when I was in fifth grade. I was the mayor. <laughs> River City, you know, there's, there's trouble right here in River City. I was the mayor of River City. Um, I was term limited. It didn't work out. But anyway, um, I was watching the movie, just, you know, kind of relaxing, reading, had the movie on. And I had a thought. Have you ever seen The Music Man? It's a, it was made in 1962. It's a story about a huckster or, you know, uh, basically a confidence man comes to this little town. It's set at the turn of the century. And he comes to this little town, and he's going to hoodwink them, take their money, leave them high and dry. But this town and the people in it get to him, and one of them in particular gets to him, and he has a change of heart. One of the storylines in the movie is this little boy played by Ronnie Howard, Opie, right, who has a speech impediment and is played for laughs. So every time the character, I forget the little boy's name, we'll just call him Opie, future Opie, every time future Opie opens his mouth, he's lisping and sputtering, you know. It's played for laughs. People are, they wipe their face, they chuckle. And I was thinking, I mean, this is a beloved piece of Americana, right? It's a classic movie. But could you make that today? Wouldn't people today be up in arms? How dare you? You're, you're mocking a, 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 a disability. You're mar, you're mar, it's, it's not even, you can't even use the word disability anymore. It's just other abled. He's just other abled. I was thinking how maybe we're nostalgic, not just for old things. I felt very nostalgic watching this old movie. Maybe we're nostalgic for a time when we could just enjoy something for what it was. There wasn't anybody trying to rain on your parade, throw a wet blanket on your fun, tell you you shouldn't enjoy something that you were innocently enjoying. People, I'm sure, in 1962 just innocently enjoyed this character, this little boy, this movie. I, I I think we have lost something we would be better off to regain. You know, I we're 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 having to walk on eggshells. I think we're going to look back and say the quality of the art was lessened by the walking on eggshells, by the idea that everything has to be passed through a filter of could anybody object? Will anybody object? That was the music man, and that was the Fourth of July, and I hope yours was a good one. And we're all easing back into the work routine. And I hope you'll come back here and be with me tomorrow. We're live between 4 and 7 on KTSA, or our show's available on demand anytime. The Jack Riccardi page at KTSA.com.